Well, hi, everybody. Nice to see your smiling faces, or at least part of your smiling faces. Huh? It's always good to be, be here with you. Um, you know, uh, I, I, whenever I come, I, I just like to brag about your pastors. Um, I'm very proud of Jared and Ann. And uh, also, they, you may not know this, but uh, they have had a profound impact upon me and, uh, and on our church as a result. Um, if, uh, if you come to Spokane, you'll discover that Life Center is known as a church planting church. Uh, we have 17 daughter and granddaughter churches throughout the county and uh, another one in Russia, of all places, long story. But uh, 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 we currently have a, a, another daughter church just ready to be sent out and another one just in the inception stages, just beginning right now. Um, and uh, we also lead a church planting movement that's uh, multi-denominational, over 30 churches are involved uh, in our region. And uh, all of that got started because Jared and Ann, 25 years ago, started pestering me and saying, you need to plant a church, you need to plant a church. And I was really reluctant, really afraid, uh, but through their encouragement, we launched that first church. Jared actually sent us the church planter. I mean, it was, uh, so uh, all of that productivity that has come came because of your example your teaching, encouragement, and persistence. So thank you, Jared and Ann. You guys know you have great pastors, don't you? Yeah, they're amazing. They're amazing. All right, so we're going to talk today about, if you have an outline there, you see it says, forgive everyone always. That's what we're gonna talk about. And I'm gonna start by asking you to do a little exercise. Just hold your hands out in front of you like this, would you? Just hold them out like that, good. Then ball up your fists, nice and tight, like you're hanging on to something, you're holding something out in front of you, right? And now you're just gonna let it go. Just open those hands, let it go. I feel like I could break out in song right now from Frozen, huh? Let it go, let it go. But I'm not gonna do that, no, yeah. So this idea, let it go, that's actually, did you know that's what the word forgive means? The word forgive means to release or to let go. We'll talk more about that in a moment. And we're gonna talk about just letting go of those things you've been hanging on to and why you should do that and what the scripture says. So I'm gonna start with a story. Uh, Lane and I, when we travel long distance, we love to listen to books, among other things. And in fact, uh, just two days ago, as we were coming down here, uh, we finished a book we've been working on for two months, Nelson Mandela's autobiography, Long Walk to Freedom. Fabulous, 36 hours. We just kept driving and driving and driving, but we got her done. And a great book. Uh, a couple of years ago, on a trip down here, we were listening to Michelle Obama's best-selling memoir, Becoming. And a fascinating book, great look at her life and her story. You might notice a little, uh, a little theme there. I love listening to biographies and autobiographies of influential people, see what I can learn. Uh, in the book, she was talking at one point about uh, in 2011 when Donald Trump uh, propagated the birther conspiracy, the idea that uh, Barack had not been born in the United States, therefore was not a U.S. citizen, you know, that he shouldn't be president because of that. Uh, but what she talked about was very personal. She talked about how that impacted her family, the, the results, you know, just personally to them, uh, some of the harassment they experienced because of that. 
And as she was describing this, she just made a passing comment. She said, I can never forgive him for this. And when she said that, I winced. But I also got it. It's like, have you ever, has anyone ever done something to you that was just so hurtful, so hard, that you thought, oh, I don't know if I can forgive that? Huh? Yeah, most of us have something like that. So I related to her when she said that, but I also winced, and I'm going to explain why I winced. And the question I want to ask today is, what should we do when we don't feel like we can forgive? And we're going to take a look today at two passages from the Gospels, two things Jesus said that are so radical, I mean, they're, they're so counterintuitive that most Christians act like Jesus didn't say them. Yeah, we, it's kind of like we just, it was like we, we go, oh yeah, I'd rather, not, I'd rather not deal with that. It's that radical. And uh, we're gonna take a look at those two passages and see what we can learn about forgiveness. All right, so here's the first passage. Mark chapter 11, starting at verse 24. Mark 11, 24. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. I wanna read verse 25 again. And when you stand praying, or literally whenever you pray, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. All right, little context here. Jesus and his disciples, uh, it's the, the last week of his life, they're heading into Jerusalem. Jesus sees a fig tree off in the distance in full foliage and assumes there's figs on it. And he goes to pick a fig, there's nothing. And you might remember that he curses the fig tree and what happens to it? Just withers and dies on the spot. It was a symbolic and prophetic act of judgment on fruitless Israel. But it was also an opportunity for Jesus to teach his disciples on faith and prayer and forgiveness. So in verse 24, he says, when we pray, we're to believe that we've received. And if we trust God, God hears and answers our prayers. And then Jesus adds another big idea here in verse 25, which we read twice. When you pray, whenever you pray, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven can forgive you. Whenever you pray, forgive. Whenever you pray, forgive. We're gonna unpack that verse in three points there on your outline. Now, if you had a Bible open right now, I realize no one carries Bibles anymore because they're, they're, they carry COVID or something. I don't know, but... Uh, <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but if, you, if you looked at the end of that passage, Mark 11, 24 and 25, verse 26 is missing. There's a little footnote there, and at the bottom of the page, it says, uh, verse 26 contains words similar to Matthew 6, 15. And uh, uh, most scholars believe that verse 26 was not actually part of Mark's original manuscript. That is, they think that because... It's not found in any of the oldest and most reliable manuscripts we have. So they believe that what happened was somewhere along the line as, as you know, copyists were hand copying the Bible, that a copyist added verse 26 to Mark's original. And uh, you might say, why would, they, why would they think that? Well, here's verse 26, Mark 11, 26. But if you do not forgive, your Father in heaven will not forgive your sins. And you might be wondering, why would a copyist feel free to add that? Well, it's because it sounds like what Jesus said in our next passage. Here's passage two, Matthew 6, verse 6. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, 
Don't keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask them. This, then, is how you should pray. And I'm gonna ask you to read this with me. You all know it. Here we go all together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then Jesus adds, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Does that sound familiar? That's Mark eleven twenty six. That's and that's why the copyist added it in that context because Jesus did say it in this context. So let's look back at verse twelve again. This part of the Lord's prayer: "Forgive us our sins." How many of you like that prayer? Oh yeah, I mean, I, I hope so because you're all sinners. You know that, don't you? Yeah. So we like to pray, "Lord, forgive me, forgive me." But Jesus adds one more thing. He says, "Pray this prayer: Forgive us our sins." just as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Do you like that prayer? Mm, Think about that for a moment. Forgive me, Lord, just as I forgive others. I give you permission, God, to forgive me just as I am forgiving others. That is a radical prayer. Especially if you're gonna say, well, I can't forgive this. So here are three big ideas from the text that are revolutionary and they'll change your life if you put them into practice. Idea number one on your outline, forgive whenever you pray. Forgive whenever you pray. And when you stand praying, most translations use the word whenever there. Whenever you stand praying, whenever you pray, forgive. So the idea here is that let's make forgiveness a regular part of our prayers. Jesus taught us this in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. Forgive us as we forgive others. Whenever you pray, forgive. Make forgiveness a regular part of your prayers. Whenever you pray. So let's talk about the whenever for just a minute. When do you pray? All the time. Who said that? Oh, God bless you. You are the saints among us. That's when we're supposed to pray all the time. Yeah, it's all the time. Yeah, um... I'm not always that good at it. How about some other times? When do you pray? First thing in the morning, over a meal. When else? Nighttime. Driving. Driving. Yes, I'm glad you pray when you're driving. Yeah. (laughs) There's one other big time we pray. There we go. Yeah. We pray when we're in trouble, right? We pray when we've got something going on. Uh, I think all of you have probably seen these emergency boxes. They say, in case of emergency, break glass. Have you seen these before? And oftentimes it's a fire alarm or you know, something else like that. But they've sponsored a whole cottage industry of emergency boxes filled with all kinds of things. Like look at some of these. Here's emergency Snickers. <laughs> Praise the Lord, yeah. Or there's emergency M&Ms, yeah. Or this one, mmm. How many of you could use a little bit more of that right now? Yeah, okay, yeah. Emergency coffee. Or then there's this one. A little emergency fun money, yeah. And then there's this one for Jared. We got this one for Jared right there, the Holy Bible. Yep. And uh, I thought it'd be good to have one for prayer. Uh, because really, 
there's no better thing you can do in an emergency than pray, isn't that right? I mean, that's a great time to pray. The problem is that if prayer is just something that is an emergency, right? In fact, have you ever heard someone say this? Uh, they'll say, um, when all else fails, pray. Yeah, and I guess my question is, why do we wait until everything else fails? Why don't we pray first? Why not make prayer not just an emergency that we fall back on, but an ongoing daily conversation with God? Isaac Singer said this. He said, I only pray when I'm in trouble, but I'm in trouble all the time. <laughs> and the truth is, yeah, that could be said for almost all of us, right? So let's have this daily conversation with God. And part of this conversation, Jesus says, whenever you pray, forgive. Part of the conversation is confession of our sin, receiving God's forgiveness, and then offering forgiveness to others. The ancient Christians uh, back in the early centuries had a practice, and it's still practiced today. It's called the examine. And uh, as the name suggests, you take some time to reflect upon your day, to examine your life, and uh, to thank God for the good things, and then confess the stuff, own the stuff that you need to. Very, very powerful time of self-examination and confession, a practice that's largely fallen into disuse today because, again, we tend to just do one thing when we pray. And Well, in fact, let's look at this. Uh, there's a little acronym I've used for prayer for years called the ACTS acronym, A-C-T-S. We'll put it up on the screen here. Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, Supplication. And uh, the idea here in this is that you start with adoration. You start by telling God that you love him, worshiping. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise, right? That's the idea there. And then we move to confession, where we come humbly before God. This is that prayer of examine. We open our lives. What do you see, Lord? We ask for forgiveness. We offer it. And then we go to thanksgiving, thanking him for forgiving us for his faithfulness in so many ways. Again, that comes out of that time of examine. And then finally, we get to supplication or asking. Now, the reason I put this up on the screen is that, uh, uh, I mean, this is a terrific little practice, but here's the thing. Most of the time when we pray, we only do one thing, and what is it? Ask. We do a lot of asking. And is it wrong to ask? The answer, of course, is no. no. That's perfectly fine. We should be, at, Jesus told us to ask. The problem is if that's all we do, prayer becomes very one-dimensional and shallow. And your relationship with God should be bigger than just going with your hand out. It should be going to worship. It should be going to confess. It should be going to give thanks and then to ask as well. And uh, that's what we want is this kind of a, a, an open, full relationship with God. But please notice that part of that relationship is owning our sin, confession, asking him to forgive. But also Jesus said, it's not just that we ask for forgiveness, it's that we offer it. Whenever you pray, he says, forgive. So we ask for forgiveness, but we offer it as well. So here's a question I wanna pose to you. What if every time you prayed, you ask God, is there anyone I'm holding anything against? Think about that for a moment. Isn't that an interesting idea? So if you have a set prayer time, like pray in the morning, pray in the evening, whatever. What if each time you prayed, you stopped and said, Lord, is there anyone I need to forgive? Who would that be? And did a little business with God. Now, if no one comes to mind, move on. If someone does come to mind, then before God, forgive that person. And again, the word forgive means to let go, to release, to send away. It means, Lord, I release this person from my judgment. 
I'm not gonna be judge, jury, and executioner. I take my hands off that. I let go of the pain. I let go of the right to uh, exercise judgment. I let go of all that bitterness, that burden. I just let go of that. I release them and forgive them. God, is there anyone I'm holding anything against? Here's the thing. If you were to do that on a regular basis, there's sometimes you'd ask that question, no one would come to mind. There's other times when you don't even have to ask the question. You just know. Do you know what I'm talking about? The pain just comes crowding in. So one time, uh, this is a number of years ago now, there was a young couple in the church that were dear friends for Lena and I. And uh, when I say dear friends, I mean we vacationed together, we were in each other's homes, we're raising our kids together. And then suddenly, without any warning or explanation, they left the church and said some unkind things about us on the way out, and they were gone. Without saying a word to us, I tried calling them multiple times. They would never return a call. I sent a letter that never got answered. It was very painful. And I was hurt. And by the way, when you get hurt, what's your next feeling? Anger. Yeah, I was hurt, and then I was angry. And uh, so I realized that, and I chose to forgive them. And I... I, I, I let it go. But one night, it's a Saturday night, and I'm, I'm before bed, I'm, I'm down in our family room alone, and I'm praying over a bunch of stuff, and suddenly this couple comes to mind, and instantly, I got so angry, I couldn't pray. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? I was just so mad at them, I, could, I knew that if I prayed, I was going to pray one of those imprecatory prayers. Lord, dash them on the rocks until their bowels spill out. You know, one of those kind of prayers. Come on, you all wanted to pray those, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I told the Lord that I was frustrated because I had forgiven them, and yet here I was still just angry about it. And the Lord was so good to me. He gave me a little picture in that moment. It was, I've never forgotten this. Uh, this little image of a buddy of mine coming up and, you know, just giving me one of those little punches. You know how guys will do that, give you a little punch on the arm. Only this guy accidentally hit me way harder than he meant to. And I, oh, ow. You know, he went, oh, man, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hurt you. I left a big old bruise there, you know. But he apologized. I forgave him. Everything's good. But there was another guy over here watching the whole thing take place. And he wanted to keep the two of us at odds. And Every time he'd see me, the second guy come up and just punch me right on that bruise. Just a little, just a little pop right there. Oh, and just remind me of this first guy that had done that. And the Lord said, that's what's going on. He says, you have an enemy of your soul that wants to keep you separated from these people. And he is punching your bruise. Tell him to stop. And so I did right there. I knew who the enemy of my soul was, right? And so I told the devil to just stop it and go to hell. By the way, you know, the devil's the only person you can say that to. Matthew 25, Jesus said that hell was made for the devil and his angels. So I, you can tell him to, to go there. And I did. And it was interesting because immediately this burden left. This, the anger lifted and I was free. Now, a week later, when I thought about that couple, the anger came back again. But this time I was ready. This time I knew what was going on, right? I knew where that was coming from. I knew who was punching on that bruise. And again, I just told the devil I wasn't putting up with that and leave. And there was a cycle. I'd say probably the next three or four weeks, that happened three or four times. Think of this couple, get angry, tell the devil to buzz off. It would lift until finally it was just done. It was gone. A little bit of a spiritual battle there, right? But I learned something really, really powerful. 
Whenever you pray, forgive. And sometimes you might have to ask God, am I holding anything against someone? Sometimes you don't have to ask. It just comes crowding in. But either way, you choose to open your hands and let it go. Whenever you pray, forgive. Whenever you pray, forgive. Make it a regular part of your prayers. Number two, second thing. Everyone doing okay? All right, good. Number two, forgive anyone for anything. Verse 25, here it comes again. And whenever you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, would you say that those three words with me? Anything against anyone. Let's say it again. Anything against anyone. Anything pretty much includes anything. And anyone pretty much includes everyone. Yeah, I mean, there it is. So forgive everyone always. If you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. Wow. Wow. Now, I want you to notice something. Notice the contrast between forgiveness. Remember I said the word forgive means to let it go, to release, to send it away. It's that open hands, right? And as opposed to the opposite, which is to hold something against someone. So forgiveness is letting go. Unforgiveness is hanging on, is hanging on to that hurt, hanging on to that bitterness, hanging on to that offense instead of letting it go. And the problem is when I hang on to something, after a while, those things start to get kind of heavy. I brought my backpack with me to illustrate this, but I'm gonna ask for your help. I would like anyone who brought a backpack or a purse, I'll take purses too. Anne's gonna come collect them. Uh, and, and yeah, loan me your purses. Oh, God bless you, you're so generous. Look at that, you don't even know what I'm doing and you're just offering up your purses. That's so nice, yes. My sister Mary, would you like to help Mary? Jump up and grab some purses over here for me, would you? Yep, Anne's great, you can help your sister out. Yep, oh good. Now this is kind of an unusual way to take the offering, but oh well, we're having fun. This is, it's working good. God bless you, appreciate you so much. Yeah, yeah. You will get these purses back, they might be a little lighter, I don't know, we'll see. But, uh, all right, oh good, thank you Mary, you're so helpful, look at that. Just, yeah, we're gonna just take all these purses. Oh, oh my word. There's some stuff in these purses. Holy smokes. Oh, th- oh, Anne, you look burdened down. Look at that. Thank you. Oh, my word. <laughs> okay. Here, I'll take some of those. So you can just load me up. Oh, my word. Wow. I am weighted down. So here's, here's what happens is when somebody sins against you and you don't forgive it, you hold that against them, right? And pretty soon you start... Uh, uh, collecting grievances against people. You know, I mean, here's this thing you did against me and this thing you did against me. I just can't forgive that. And hang on. And, and pretty soon you're what? You're, you're bogged down. You're weighted down. It, it starts to affect you. In fact, these are so heavy. I'm going to share them with Anna. Just ask Anna, would you help me, Anna? Just carry some of my grievances, okay? And hold that thought. Because we're going to come back to that in just a minute. I want to tell you a story. Uh, Jerry Sitzer, my friend, he's a lifelong friend of mine, Jerry. In his book, The Will of God as a Way of Life, tells a story about Sidna Massey. And Sidna was a lady over in the Seattle area whose friend, her best friend, mother of three, Diane, was murdered by another neighbor. Jennifer killed her. And uh, Sidna was so angry and so upset that she lost her best friend and that every day she had to look across the street and see this empty house except for three orphaned kids. 
And so she carried this, this profound pain. And she said, I felt like I had every right to hate the murderer who had taken my best friend away. But over time, Sidna noticed something else happening. She noticed this. She noticed that she was starting to be weighed down. That this bitterness that she carried, she said, it was doing something evil and ugly in my own soul. She said there was no, and, and by the way, when Jennifer was sentenced, uh, Sidna said there was no relief in her sentencing. By the way, Jennifer got a life sentence for this murder. And Sidna thought, well, now when justice is done, right, then I won't feel this bitterness anymore. But she said the rage and bitterness did not abate. And she said, it was eating me alive. Every time I passed the house, I missed Diane, became angry all over again. Well, of course, Sidna heard at church that she was supposed to forgive. And she recoiled from that idea. She found that repugnant. But she also read these verses that we read today in the Bible. And she wondered, could Jesus really mean this? Does Jesus actually expect me to forgive? And she wrestled with these verses and decided that something needed to change in her. So she wrote Jennifer a letter in prison. And just a a real basic letter. And uh, it opened up a conversation. But she said, a weight lifted from me when I wrote that letter. And that's when I learned that anger, bitterness, and unforgiveness can keep me from experiencing joy in my life. You know, the end of that story is that Jennifer and Sidna actually became friends as a result of writing that letter and starting the process of forgiveness. But what Sidna learned was that holding on to all this weight, right, holding on to all that anger and bitterness was poisoning her own soul that she was hurting herself. And I often tell people, unforgiveness is like you drinking poison hoping the other person dies. The only person you're poisoning is who? Yourself. Now, I want you to notice something. What happens was, see, this got kind of heavy, right? Carrying all this stuff. Ladies, my word. Uh, (laughs) This got kind of heavy. And so what did I do? I asked someone to help. And this is what we do. When the weight gets too heavy. Say, Anne, did I tell you what so-and-so did to me? Oh, my word. Can you believe what Jared said to me? Wasn't that terrible? Can you believe what our mother did? Oh, my word. Mother. And we start loading the other person up, right? And here's what Hebrews says. Hebrews 12, 15 says, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, that no bitter root grows up to what? No bitter root grows up to what? To cause trouble and to defile many. Yeah. If we don't forgive, if we don't let go of those hurts and pains, pretty soon they grow so heavy we share them with someone else and we defile another person. Another person begins to carry our offenses and hurts and pains and we spread that poison of bitterness to other people. This is why it's so important that you forgive for your sake, but also for another person's sake. All right, let's give Anne a big hand. Look at her all weighted down there. And Mary, would you come help her pass these purses out? Friends, just just raise your hands if we have your purse there. We'll be happy to get them back to you. God bless you. At the last service, we had two or three purses left over. I don't know what those poor folks are doing, but. All right, well, while we're, while we're returning your purses, thank you, by the way, for everyone who so generously offered your purse. Um, 
I'm guessing that there's a big objection rumbling around in some of, some of your minds. And that right now some of you are thinking, forgive anyone for anything. Really? Because there are some things, let's be honest, there are some things that are hard to forgive. I mean, let's be honest, right? There, there are some things, that's yeah, not that big a deal. I can forgive that. But there are other things that are a big deal. And what about forgiving those? You know, when my son Jeff, just before his 23rd birthday, he passed away uh, from an accidental overdose of OxyContin. And he had bought one pill. Think about this. He bought one pill from a guy at work who was a dealer, who was selling this stuff. And Jeff took that one pill and it killed him. And afterwards, uh, we're working with the police. We knew who sold him the pill. And the police went and interviewed this guy. And afterwards, I'm talking with Detective Tim. Um, and he told me, he says, I'm sorry. He says, I, I know this guy did it. We know that. But he said, There's, we really don't have any proof. We don't have any tangible evidence that we could present in a court of law that would result in a conviction. I remember saying to him, so this is the war on drugs. We know who did it, and we can't do a thing. You know, it seemed crazy to me. And in my frustration, you'll all understand this, I hope. In my frustration, I told Officer Tim, I said, I have a gun. And I said, I, I'm not going to kill the guy. I just want to scare the bejeebers out of him. I just want to go and look this guy in the eye and say, do you realize what you did and what it cost me? The loss of my son. Now, Officer Tim said, please don't do that, Mr. Whitworth. Uh, and, and I didn't. I was smart enough to know that I, I shouldn't do that. But I'm just telling you how I felt and that that was a hard one to just let go of. Do you know what I'm saying? That was a hard one to just let go of, especially when you're looking at it saying, there's not going to be any justice. Not going to happen. But here's what I discovered. I had to let go of it for my sake. I'm not built to carry that kind of weight around, and neither are you. I had to learn to let go of that. And so when Jesus said, forgive anyone for anything, he knew that sometimes it would be hard. He also knew that you needed to do it for your sake. Don't make it about the other person. Make it about you. I need to forgive for me to be whole. When we say we can't forgive, it's usually because we're making it about the other person, but Jesus wants us to let go for our own sake. And that's why we say, forgive everyone always for your sake. Let it go. All right, here's just one last thought before I get to the final point. This is a real important point. Forgiving anyone for anything includes the person that you usually find the most difficult to forgive. And who's that? That's right. It's you. Yeah, it's forgiving yourself. Stop beating yourself up. Confess your sin. And here's what the Bible says. If we confess our sins, he is what? He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Confess it. Set it at his feet. Let it go. He's forgiven you. There's a great story Bruce Larson tells about a Catholic priest in the Philippines. And this priest had committed a sin clear back when he was a young man in seminary. Even though he'd repented and asked forgiveness and received it, he still carried a burden of remorse over this sin. There was a lady in his parish who claimed to have visions where Jesus spoke to her. And the priest was kind of skeptical. And so he, in a conversation with her, said, you know, he's asked her, he says, so you speak to Jesus, yeah. Uh, next time you talk to Jesus, I want you to ask him a question. 
She said, okay. He said, ask Jesus what sin your priest committed when he was in seminary. She agreed to do that. Sometime later when they got back together, the priest said, well, did Jesus visit you in your dreams? Yes, he did. And did you ask him the question? Yes, she said, I did. And what did Jesus say? And she smiled and said, Jesus said, I don't remember. And isn't that exactly what Jesus said he would do? That he would forgive us and remember our sins no more. Sometimes the hardest person to forgive is you. But for your sake, please forgive anyone for anything, and that includes you. Let it go and receive his forgiveness. All right, here's the last thing. Forgive so you can be forgiven. Back to Mark eleven twenty five. 25, our verse. Whenever you pray, so was our first point, whenever you pray, forgive. If you hold anything against anyone, forgive anyone for anything, forgive them. Then here's the last thing. So that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. Forgive so that you can be forgiven. Jesus taught us this in the Lord's Prayer, which we read. Forgive us our sins just as we forgive others. Verse 14, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive others their sins, your heavenly Father will not forgive you your sins. Forgive so you can be forgiven. By the way, this is also the lesson Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 18, the parable of the king who had a servant who owed him 10,000 talents, 10,000 lifetimes of wages. And when he was called in to give an accounting for it, the, the man couldn't repay it. He fell on his knees. He begged to be forgiven, and the king graciously forgave him the whole debt. I mean, just mind-boggling. Then that guy goes out and finds someone who owes him 100 days' wages, a little drop in the bucket, right? And says, pay up what you owe. And when the man couldn't, he had him thrown in jail. Well, the king calls that first servant back in, and he rescinded his forgiveness and reinstated the date, debt because the man refused to forgive. And then Jesus finishes the story by saying, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is another passage we don't take seriously because if we did, we would forgive every time, right? I mean, look what Jesus says. He says, forgive so you can be forgiven. In the end, don't make this about the other person and what they've done. This is really about you. Forgive that person for your sake. This is why I told you I winced when I heard Michelle Obama say, I just can't forgive that. We don't want to say that. Well, we may say, this is really hard to forgive. But in the end, I've got to forgive if I want to be forgiven. That's what Jesus said. Now, I know this is creating theological tension for some of you right now, because there's some of you in the room who are thinking, wait a minute, Joe, isn't forgiveness a free gift of grace? You're making it sound like we earn our forgiveness by forgiving others. No, 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 it is a free gift of grace. Remember the story, the king forgave that first guy the 10,000 lifetimes just because he asked, free gift of grace. So start there. But the point was, having received this enormous gift of grace, he was expected to share that with other people. And when he refused to share it, he lost what he had. So forgiveness is a free gift of grace, but God is saying, this free grace I've given you, I want you to freely give to others. What you've received, give away. Forgiven people must forgive. We literally cannot afford not to forgive. However much you might want to nurse that hurt or hang on to that bitterness, it's just not 
worth it? Let me ask you this question. Is your own forgiveness worth sacrificing just so you can stay offended at someone else? Let it go. I'll finish with these objections. Have you ever heard someone say, I can't forgive them because that's like condoning what they've done? Have you ever heard that? But forgiveness is not condoning what. Forgiveness doesn't say, oh, it's okay. No, forgiveness says what you did was wrong. That's why I'm forgiving you. Here's another common objection. I can't forgive them. They don't deserve to be forgiven. Well, yeah, that's true. And neither do you. But God's forgiven us anyway, right? Think about Jesus on the cross. Father, forgive them. Why? They don't know what they're doing. Yeah, it wasn't about deserving it. They clearly didn't deserve it. None of, they, were doing, they were doing a terrible thing. And none of them were confessing. None of them were repenting. None of them were sorry. They didn't know what they were doing. But Jesus said, forgive them anyway, Father. And that's how we're to forgive. So it's, again, it's not about deserving it. None of us deserve it. We just choose to forgive anyway as a gift of grace. And here's one last objection. I can't, I love this one. I can't forgive them. I feel like that would be letting them off the hook. What's behind that thought? They deserve to be punished. But here's the thing. Whose job is that? Thank you. Yeah. I figured out a long time ago that being judge, jury, and executioner is way above my pay grade. That's best to leave in God's hands, right? Yeah, and that's what the Bible says, that vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Yeah, so Paul says, don't take vengeance. That whole thing, that's God's job, the judgment thing. Leave that in his hands. I'll say it one more time. If you hold on to something thinking that you're gonna punish the other person, the only person you're punishing is yourself. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. You're just killing yourself. So forgive. Forgive for your sake. Forgive so you can be forgiven. Here's my concluding question, and Jared's gonna come and lead us in communion. Who do you need to forgive? Yeah, most of us have someone in mind. Could be yourself. Could be someone you know and love. Could be a group of people. (laughs) As Jared, you know, I think we've been saying it's like we're all baptized in gas right now, right? Everybody's on edge. Everybody's angry. Everyone's frustrated. Who do you need to forgive? Jared's going to come and lead us in taking communion together. And part of communion is all about realizing that Jesus, his body was broken, his blood was shed to forgive our sins. It's all about forgiveness. Who do you need to forgive?